Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to another episode of Detroit Dart Talk. Uh, in the studio today, we've got Alex. Yo. And Tom. Hello. And Adam will hopefully be joining us in a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, some of our old projects and what we might do differently um, if we were doing those projects right now or if we were going to redo those projects. So, um, but before we get into that, why don't we, uh, kind of in that same theme, the same, uh, line of thought, uh, what kind of recent projects have you guys been working on? I have not been doing too terribly much. Um, you know, it's winter, the dead months. Uh, so, um, probably one of the last things I did was I got my game face try on, and I was just playing around with like making M lock things for it to go around along the barrel shroud. So yeah. like spacer holders and stuff like that. Um, that's really been about it for me though. <laughs> like I've just kind of been taking a, taking a rest and recuperating, getting ready for the spring. Gotcha. Tom. Oh, uh, not a whole lot. I'm in the process of moving. So that's consumed my every waking moment of existence. You had a new fire sale. Oh yeah, I got rid of uh so what I'm trying to since I'm like downsizing, I'm moving to a smaller place. I I have a what's the term for it? Like a mobile toolbox that I like bring to events. And so I wanna I wanna take that, I wanna be able to carry all of my gear inside of just that one box. And so far I've managed to do that minus ammo. That you know like still does take up more space. Also, I did find I found like so I, I usually do like a big batch order of darts. And I found like seven boxes of um, worker 3.5s that I just never used. So nice. Set on ammo for a good bit. Nice. And on my way over to your place for that last mod party, I picked up uh, like four more boxes of darts that were half price. Nice. So I should be good for ammo for the next few events. Yeah, I'll probably have to get a little bit more ammo um, before we. What are you using? AF Pros? Uh, mostly the. Starts on max starts or worker Gen threes uh, when I have them. Okay, Rummy and I'll throw the, a box the Gen three pro, Gen three pluses or whatever the the red foam, whatever that is, the yeah, H E nice or whatever they ah, or whatever they call it. Um, well, I haven't really done any blaster modding per se since um, we did Secret Santa. Um, I've been printing dice boxes recently. Um, we've had a uh, recursion of uh, Dungeons and Dragons in um, both the podcast circle as well as uh, my kids have both decided they wanted to play. So um, dice have been um, a common fidget thing recently, and I've been uh, 3D printing dice boxes and stuff. Um, I'm 3D printing a replica of uh, Cassie Andor's pistol from Andor uh, for a friend. Nice. And the big project, and I'll, I'll I'll tease it now because I think by the time that this episode um, releases, it will be at the very least it'll be a day or two before Z13, if not after. Uh, but we have changed up what we are going to be doing as a uh, uh, reward for our early birds. Um, we used to do a sticker. And instead, we have created a series of trading cards. Um, so it is a 72-card set that we have put together with 
original artwork borders um and each uh early bird that uh prepays for z13 well i, I shouldn't say each the first 10 early birds because well because there, there's 10 early bird spots so if you are a prepay early bird for uh z13 you will get a pack of randomized cards now Two cards will be the same in every early birds pack. One will be a card that is your Z cred for prepaying. Um, so there's there's an actual card with hands holding Z creds. And then each early bird will get the new card that represents that event. So there, there's three basic categories in the series. Um, there is humans, there is zombies, and then there is the events. So all of our past events are... Each one has its own card representing that event, and it has uh, it's usually either the picture that was on the Facebook event or the sticker that Dan designed um, for the artwork, and then there will usually be a little blurb about um, either like if I put a funny you know tagline on the Facebook event or something about it, like one of them um, says so something weird, and then it's also also Cody broke his toe at this one. Um, so each early bird will get the card for that event. And then that event's card won't make it into the regular rotation um, for several events after. Um, and then the idea is um, they'll each have eight randomized cards. Uh, so it incentivizes early birding often. Um, and then we'll also have a limited amount of um random packs uh that will sell for a couple bucks so if people want to get a jump start on um expanding their collection um they can do that and those those additional packs will only have eight cards in them they won't have the um current event card in it and they won't have the z cred in it um so uh a lot of work went into it um dan was instrumental in uh um, creating the borders. He custom created the borders for us. And then uh, <clears throat> the rest of the mods have also, you know, given me a lot of feedback as I was creating and, and a lot, a lot, a lot of work went into making sure that when I print double-sided that the front of the artwork matches up to the back of the card. And it's almost perfect. It's, there's, it's not exact, but it's, uh, it's pretty darn good. And uh, I will drop, not this one, I will drop a teaser into the chat so you guys can can see one of the cards. Uh, here, hold on just a second. Is it not this one? Not this page? Yes, this page. Um, Ta-da! What channel did you put in? Uh, the quiet on the set actual chat. Okay. Now I will say, um, I had a hard time coming up with artwork like, and you, as you guys, uh, well, as our attendees see, we'll see, um, a lot of the, the pictures were taken from events other than Z13. I really would have liked to have kept it just Z13. Uh, but unfortunately we lost our photographer, um, Jeremy Marr when uh, we had to go to mornings because he works on Saturday morning um, 
And so I, like I tried going through like, you know, brain and buff often will post footage and there's been other people that have, um, it was extremely hard to try and pull, um, stills out of, uh, handicam, uh, footage. It's just way too blurry. So it doesn't help that our arena just isn't really, no, no, it isn't. Um, like there, so here's, here's another one that I did. Um, and this one is one of the few cards that I was actually able to grab a still out of one of Buff Daddy's videos. Um, and like, this is the only picture of Matt that I could find. Um, exactly, Mike. Mike. So Mike's saying that we do need to do a photo op, and we've talked about doing it yeah. several times. Now, I, uh, we're just really bad about actually doing yeah, it. Yeah, I will say I don't plan on going and changing any of the artwork in this series, but I already have in mind what Series 2 is going to entail, uh, at least some of. You know, we'll incorporate... Uh, you know, some different card types and, and things like that. So, but yeah, we, we definitely could use more Z13 art because like, um, uh, like the BFZ card, uh, the only good picture I could find of somebody playing BFZ was of me at the old dark club. And it wasn't when we were using the two pool noodles. It's when I had like shoved, um, it's basically a big, long, floppy flail. It's got uh, a bunch of uh, small pool noodles stuck through side holes of a piece. It's just, it's not how we run it, you know, now. Um, so, but there are some good pictures. Um, there is a dump truck in one of them. There is uh, um, a uh, blue bald Thor in one of them. There's quite a few, quite a few good shots of the old dart club. Um and I tried to get, um, you know, as many pictures of our regulars and, and people that have, you know, um, supported uh, Z13, um, uh, you know, by coming as often as they could. Um, and there is people that I didn't end up getting in that I want to try and make sure I get pictures of for the next series. So that'll be a work in progress. We'll probably do this one for... Well, if it's a 72 card set, we need to do it for at least, um, you know, eight or nine events so that people have the opportunity to try and collect the whole set just by anyways. Um, what, what numbers you went through are we on 25 or something? So we did 16 at the dart club and this is number 11 at, uh, hold on, let me go down to events. Um, yeah, so this one will be season two, episode eleven. So there were there were sixteen at Detroit Dark Club, and now eleven at Revolution. So twenty twenty seven. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Chase. A uh, 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 phone alarm for a photo op would be cool, um, but a lot of that ends up being staged. I would love to have some actual action shots, and uh, you know, I don't want to ask anybody to not participate in order to go in and take pictures. And also depending on, I mean, we'd have to do, you know, a couple of games with the lights on, which isn't a bad, necessarily a bad thing. Um, do a new zombie special that involves me with a camera. <laughs> and if you get caught in my flash, you're frozen. Oh, or, or maybe if, if the demon captures a picture of you, you're then possessed. Cause that's a thing in some cultures, right? 
No, I did not do any full arts. Uh, that might be a season or a series two. Um, there will be uh, uh, one every event. There will be one ultra rare. So one early bird will get an ultra rare and it will change every event. So there will only be one of those done up for each um, event. Will there so. be ultra rare ultra rares in the non early bird random packs? No. Okay. Like the, the, that one is the the ultra rares are going to be exclusive to the early birds. Just a little something more we can do for them because the early birds are what ensure that we get to book the arena. Um, you know, because otherwise paying for that would come out of the club's coffers and then we wouldn't get enough people to cover what we paid if we didn't ask people to pay in advance. And at least that's my worry. We probably would still get enough, but I don't ever want to be in a situation where we're depleting the little bit of club funds that we've raised to cover an event. And then we have six people show up. Yeah. So that's why we've always done it as, as early birds and prepays because it, um, it ensures that we have enough people to cover the venue. So, so that has been my big project. I'm almost done. Um, I've got um, one more set I need to um, cut out and uh, clip the corners on. So, um, I'm looking into options for either foil or like high gloss or some some way of making it different when I print it and doing those as a like a factory set that we could raffle off. Um, but that's still research in progress, like raffle off at a, at one of the uh, raffle events. It'll be one of the, yeah. the premium prizes. GSP, if you prepay, you better make sure that you're coming up. We will not accept a prepay from you unless you're actually coming. And yeah, we, only, we also only allow people to accept the packs in person. <laughs> so you can prepay, but you, if you don't show up, you don't get the cards. All right. Well, so yeah, so that's been my big project. It's, uh, it was a lot of, uh, trial and error, getting the cards aligned, right. And, um, finding enough artwork and going through and and putting text on each card. And it's, it's been a big process. Um, I originally envisioned like having a rarity system, um, where some cards would be easier to get than others. And I just, I ended up abandoning that thought because, uh, (laughs) trying to figure out the ratios of how many of one card there should be towards uh, versus how many of another card. Not to mention, you know, I didn't want people to get offended by, oh, I'm a rare, you're only a common. <laughs> Not that anybody would actively, like, say that, but I didn't want feelings to get hurt, so. Oh, if we do decide to do that, make mine the most common one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers, but there was an episode of Foster Stone for Imaginary Friends where they were like where they did have a trading card game and um i think blues was the most common card and he got super pissed off about it but i think that it is just hilarious that's uh, that's hilarious uh i'm looking forward to seeing them yeah it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) i've seen them on the computer yeah i i did end up uh i i haven't told you guys this i did end up going with a thicker card stock uh than we usually Um, so they're, they still feel a little flimsier than like a Pokemon or a magic card, but I think that's because of the gloss. Um, yeah. cause I, I think 
Pokemon and Magic cards are actually done in like a three-layer process, so there's probably also some glue um, that stiffens yeah. those cards up. So, but I mean, like, I got I got some secret rare Yu-Gi-Oh cards to get, and they just they feel nicer than commons just because of that foil. Yeah. So I mean, they're perfectly serviceable for you know. Um, honestly, what I'm going to recommend people do is you can get like a cheap four page, four card per page holder on Amazon for like, you know, eight, ten bucks. Um, if they're seriously going to go after trying to collect, they should just grab one of those and then it doesn't matter how thick they are. Uh, yes, Chase, they are uh, Magic the Gathering sized. Um, when Dan first started designing the, um, the borders, uh, he very much went more with a Pokemon style theme. Um, but in my mind, I I was kind of thinking like old school, like fourth edition Magic Borders, because it is just a little bit simpler. Um, and you can still see some vestiges of his uh, Pokemon style. You know, up in the upper right hand corner, there's a, a different little logo um, for each of the three different uh, card types. Um, he also had um, like basic and stage one and and uh, a couple other things that were very pokemon-esque um but we we trimmed it down so it was a much more basic card um so it it didn't necessarily imply that it was a game because while um there are cards that give rules on whatever the card is about um it it's talking about the rules in the actual event not in a game um so this just makes it trading cards so um but yeah i'm i'm super excited to uh to see how these go over and uh um just another you know fun thing that we can do and uh it'd be really cool to see if it catches on elsewhere and and to be fair we did kind of pseudo steal the idea from uh athens who did uh pokemon cards with their moderators in um uh dossiers at one of the events we done too i I don't know if it was the only reason I thought of doing it, but that definitely was one of the inspirations. So, For those curious, uh, Magic the Gathering sleeves are called standard sleeves. Yes, because Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! is Japanese. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! is dumb and thinner. Not as wide. Nah, nah, it's better. Dude, the sleeves feel so much nicer. I've had both. I disagree. <laughs> well, Tim, you're welcome to be wrong. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Anyways, um... So that's been my big project. Um, I guess why don't we just jump right into or oh, here? Let's see. Did we Two get letters? Did we get any? Doesn't look like we really got any votes. Uh, do we want to just do that uh, old one that I mentioned? Yeah, sure. I All like right. that one. All right. So uh, Bacon Duck, aka Artemis, um, asked, "What do you think the biggest impact?" the nerf community and your involvement in the hobby has had on your development as a person who wants to take this one away i can start okay being the newest hobby member of our group um i would say it opened up a lot of doors uh for me um that like hobbies and stuff that i didn't really i knew existed but had never got into um you know this is what got me into 3d printing 3d designing uh that type of stuff uh, now i own you know two and one unassembled 3d printers i have a shop i have all this stuff um so like on a personal level 
it's given me a lot of hobbies, uh, additional hobbies, I guess, um, which is good for me because, you know, 2019, I left my job. I don't know if a lot of people, if everyone knows that, um, you know, I was a teacher and then I worked for a museum for a while and then I had twins. Uh, and so right before my wife, you know, was due, I left my job and I've been a stay at home dad since, which is awesome. And also a little awful because I have twins and they're now three and a half. Uh, so <laughs> having hobbies is like a godsend. Like I would probably go crazy if I didn't have some sort of hobby where I could be creative and divert some time and energy. So it really helped me with that. Um, and kind of for me also, it, it, it went back to. I guess like a past version of me where uh, way, way back when I was going into college, I was all set to be an engineer. Um, and then one calculus class ruined all that. And I ended up becoming a teacher, completely different life path. But I just, I always had that engineering mindset to a degree. So it kind of allowed me to like circle back to some interests I had in the past, uh, which was nice. Um, you know, I didn't, one less thing that I felt like, you know, maybe I was leaving behind with the life choices I had made, I was able to pull that back in. Uh, so that was really nice. And then on a mushy, gushy level, uh, I've made some of my best friends in this hobby. So, you know, that's that's been a major impact. So, yeah. Aw. Uh, I'm not you, know, you guys. I'm not you guys. Not you guys. Yeah, not you guys, though. The other people. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Uh, okay. I'll go next. The biggest event, uh, thing, uh, impact that it's had on my life is I now know what yeet means. Oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, to be honest, like it's made me a lot more aware of my actions as a person, like, you know, like, you know, gatekeeping and, and things like that, like things that we worry about making sure that we, are doing the right thing for have become a lot more prominent um, in my thought processes. Um, I, and I don't know if that's just because of the hobby or it probably is honestly more because um, of being one of the administrators for the, the club. Um, But uh, it's really made me, um, I don't want to say more politically correct, but it's made me, uh, be conscientious, more uh, more aware of, uh, the impact of actions and, and, and whatnot. And also, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go the Oshi Goshi route here. Uh, like along the same route that Alex was talking about, like I have made some of my best friends in this hobby. Like there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with us, like behind the scenes and the, like the hosts have been there for me through some, like some pretty dark times. So I, I really appreciate them and all they've done for me. We appreciate you too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was about to say that too. Cause like, um, you know, when I left high school, I pretty much did not have any of my friends left. I, like that circle of friends, um, burned bridges, um, and not saying who was right, who was wrong, but, uh, and then I got off to college and I made a very intense group, uh, you know, close knit group of friends, uh, in my fraternity brothers, um, but we've kind of lost touch over the years. Um, and I, I feel like this community is designed in a way where it, 
how do I want to put this? The, the, the nerf community is one of those types of situations where it is, um, God, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I keep wanting to say, uh, predetermined, but, uh, it is, um, like mutually prevent. I don't know. Words are failing me. Words are hard. <laughs> um, but, uh, it just feel like this is the type of community where you can't grow apart because like you're always just you know opening up discord away from talking to these people and um you know even you know like for instance slater who has been a huge supporter of the show for years um you know his life has i assume taken him in you know other priorities other focuses for the time being but he could show back up on the server tomorrow and it would be like he never left. Um, so it's, uh, and I, like, I, I don't know if the listeners know this, but me, like we, we all met through, through the hobby and Tim, we've known each other like five years now because of this hobby. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, which is just like, which is wild to think about. Yeah. It was probably around Christmas time, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Um, because it wasn't long after that we decided we were all going to go to end war. And then we started up Z one three. So then we're just like, Hey, jokingly, what if we make a podcast? <laughs> yeah. And I weaseled my way into being on that. Cause it was just going to be you and uh, Connor and Eric. No, oh, dude, you're always a part of it. Cause we talked about it. I think it was like me, you, Connor and Eric were just hanging out. That was just you oh. guys. When, like when you were doing the videos on the, um, Oh, what was that clear green light up blaster? Evader. Oh my god! I yeah, the Evader. You guys were. Like, yeah. We'll circle back. To, we'll circle back to that blaster in a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you guys were talking about starting up a podcast, I was like, "Hey, I, I'd like to be a part of that. I'd, I'd like to jump in on that." And, you know. And then we're just like, "How much? Like, how how hard is it to like make a podcast and like get published?" And it's like, "Wow, um, not hard at all." It's not hard at all. I mean, there is, I've honestly, I've been giving a lot of thought to this recently because I've recently discovered that the Boy Scouts of America have a submission form for ideas for merit badges. So I've been trying to come up with what the requirements for a podcasting merit badge should be and a 3D printing merit badge because they don't have either of those. I think 3D printing would be easier than podcasting just because that would require underage people to put themselves on the internet more um but i mean if you go down the path of like having them learn a little bit about g-code and about bed leveling and um the different materials and their properties and advantages and disadvantages there is a lot that could be covered in a 3d printing yeah you know and, and it could go down you know like you could make a requirement you could talk about different uh computer-aided design programs and you know you can have one of the requirements be design a simple object and 3d print it and it could be as simple as they go into tinkercad and you know design a keyring um or you know a gutter clamp or you know whatever um but I, i've been giving a lot of thought to that recently and I, you know there's so there podcasting is something that is easy to get into but to stick with it you know um ben from foamcast radio once told me that if we make it past a year that's like the threshold where most podcasts just peter out and die out um 
you know, so getting to that point and then like increasing, um, the, uh, production level and the skill level and, and all of that type of stuff, um, would be a huge, uh, topic to talk about. I apologize. Even, even in our like existence as a podcast, there've been like what, three or four that rise and fall, three or four that rise and fall. What do you mean? Like three or four podcasts that have come oh, into oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was Not one podcast predates us. Yeah, Phonecast predates us. And then there was also, was it, what was the one that um, uh, Bobo did for a minute? It was like, oh, I forgot. Was that before? Nerf, was that it, it was before. Uh, it was like Nerf Herders or something. Um, and I think there's only one or two episodes. Um, but yeah. There, there are a lot of podcasts that have one or two episodes out yeah. there. Welcome and Jang did something. Yeah, but that was more second. just YouTube videos done in the. And that was another like they did two like, and then never did it in the genre yeah. of a podcast. Um, yeah. You know, and our our dear friends at Five Minute Respawn have. Uh, uh, I I like to think it's just a hiatus. They've they've called it uh, retiring, but uh, they they've hung up their sock bombs for now. Not sock bombs. They've hung up their microphones. <laughs> well, um, I would say cheesy themed. Uh, and sure. then we've also got. Uh, What's the other one? Dart, Dart Jam, Dart Phone jam. jam, yeah, Dart Jam, and then there's going to be a Dart Zone podcast coming. Are out. they doing oh. one? Oh boy, that's what they say. We'll see if that lasts longer than the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shot fired. Shot Sorry, fired. <laughs> Sorry. Um, edit that. <laughs> yeah, Brian will never come on again. <laughs> oh, apparently the Dart Zone's first episode is already out. So. Oh, now I'm getting recommendations from Jay and Chase about uh, 3D printing requirements for the merit badge. I'll have to come back and look at this later. <laughs> Anyways, should we jump into the main topic? We've rambled for quite a bit at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to hop in if you yeah. guys are. So uh, the idea was we would revisit one of our earliest uh, projects when we, you know, like one of our earlier mod um things we modded blaster we did and say what we would do differently um with our current skill level or current you know where the hobby has taken things technology wise or you know um part availability wise things like that so um i think i cut you off alex did would you want to go first oh me too but i can okay sorry i just finished my final absolution so i'm like ah uh you know, coasting. Um, yeah, I can go first. So we, uh, we mentioned the evader a minute ago. Um, so I came into the hobby quite a, quite a few years after a lot of other people, um, pretty like, like basically I jumped into the hobby, attended my first event and about a month later, we all went into lockdown. So, um, a lot of my stuff's more recent and one of my first, like big mod projects I did was an evader. Um, so the clear side magwell, um, like flywheeler, it had uh, a trigger on the foregrip that would like light up green LEDs through it. It was a, it was a pretty sweet blaster. Um, a little weird, but uh, I wanted to, you know, I wanted that to be my first big project that wasn't just sticking a new spring in something. So I bought myself my first soldering iron, you know, bought a cage, I think off out of darts. I don't know. Um, 
some wheels, some motors, all that, and went to it, and it never really actually worked well enough to use. And so I shelved it, and I haven't touched it since. So looking at that, like, what would I do now? Um, well, I, I would print my own cage, because I have printers now, and I would probably print, like, you know, something that's a little more updated in terms of, I guess, I don't know, cage design. Um, I think the one I had in there was, like, a open flywheel project cage, and it just didn't work well. So, you know, doing something more, maybe more like the daybreak style cages or something that's just a little more refined uh, would be my first step. Um, we have, I, th I think a lot of the motor selection is still around what it was at that time too. I think Krakens and, and those were out at that point. Um, so I don't think I would change much. I think there was, there were Krakens in that mod. Um, but we have some different wheel options now too. So I might look and get a different wheel. Um, you know, it, it might even be a case where I go to a smaller wheel size entirely with a different cage setup. I don't, I don't really know. Um, the biggest thing though, was that was when I was still using full links. So being able to mod in a short dart adapter, a better pusher system, cause that was the whole hangup was the pusher was awful like even the stock pusher was causing jams uh so that was that would be a huge point um and then the final thing that i never oh and oh i would not use a motor spanning board because now i actually know what i'm doing soldering wise and i'm not scared uh because that made everything so much worse in that attempt for whatever reason the motor spanning board just made it 20 times more difficult so just wiring it straight um, but now I'm like a lot more co uh, comfortable with the electronics and the soldering and all that. So I'd probably also do the LED modding, which I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to put different colored LEDs throughout it, uh, wired into that circuit, um, running off of either the stock battery tray or a LiPo. So I would probably go back in and actually commit to that part of the mod, um, and finish it off. And I still have that blaster. So might be something I do at some point. Raider Raider Magwell short dart blaster. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically just just wrapping it back around with more of my updated skills than anything else. I don't know if much of the technology has changed a ton uh, for that one for me. But that that'd be my little gotcha. Go back and improvement. The evader. Uh, I can go next. Um, so I ran a modded kitted you know body kitted strife at end war 17 uh, at the time it had the um hk 416c body kit on it um but after a couple falls it, the barrel on it was um deformed enough that it was causing whirly birds so i took that off and i put the vector kit on that strife um and i mean to this day it's still one of my favorite uh, blasters like it it sits in the little closet that has become my nerf shrine in my office and um it bears the name vera um and and what what i absolutely love about it is the blaster has a brassed artifact red cage in it and the thing fires absolute laser beams um and if I remember correctly, it's fangs revamped with cyclones. Uh, it originally, so 
when I modded it for End War 17, this was before I like had any modding skills whatsoever. So I bought a pre-wired loom off of um, tacticoolfoam.com. And it was, I think it was Artifact 132 motors uh, and a Cherry 10 amp switch and pre-wired loom. So it just dropped right in. Um, and at first I had put an Artifact gold cage in and that's the one that was canted and I, I couldn't get it lined right. So I switched it to a red cage. Um, and I, I love that part of it. You know, um, I'll try to find a, a picture and drop it in the chat, but, uh, like doing that, that brass sleeve, I, I used a Morpheus, uh, guide, uh, as, like the template, you know, holding it next to it and, and, and carving out the brass in the same way that the Morpheus guide is. And then because I, the brass was not the right outer diameter, um, you know, one size was too big and the other size was too small. What I ended up doing was putting the brass through the center of it. Um, and then I put a brass collet on the front end and on the back end, I wedged toothpicks on uh, 3, 6, 9, and 12 around the brass and then filled the uh, dart entrance around the brass with epoxy so that it was perfectly centered in there. Um, it just by far the most complicated thing I had done to that point, um, and it worked amazingly. So, uh, I, I, you know, that blaster has a immense special place in my heart. Um, what I would do differently at this point, and I honestly had been considering it before we thought about doing this as a, an episode is I want to convert it to half darts, um, uh, because I think the half dart magazines will look, uh, really nice coming out of the vector stock, uh, vector magwell that's on it. Um, as well as, um, I would love to get some sort of select fire in it. And this kind of ties back into a conversation Gargunkel was having recently in either Blaster Shop or uh, Question and Answer channels, um, is I don't know that there is a reliable motor-driven uh, full-auto or select fire kit out there. So I don't know if I would have to go down the path of trying to figure out how to put a solenoid with a uh, select fire switch in there or you know, how involved that would get, but I would love to do some sort of select fire, um, on it as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. So for me, I would, cause I thought, I thought we were going with projects that like we created, but if it's just like straight up mods, we would have redone. Um, there were, just, there were a lot of early mods that I would redo just because I was impulsive with them and, you know, like wanted them done immediately. So I, I rushed them. And looking back, you know, like I would, I would take more time with them. In particular, probably, I was gonna say the evader, but no, it was funny cutting that apart because people got really mad about that. Um, maybe that raven, Tim. Do you remember when we were both trying to mod ravens? Yeah, yeah. That I, was a pain in the ass. Ravens are they awful are, to mod. They are a pain in the ass. Um, you know, the biggest trouble I had was I was trying to put a Morpheus uh, OFP cage in mine, and apparently the Morpheus cage for the Raven was designed on a stinger and every single Raven shell is slightly different. So it wasn't lining up. Once I switched to a regular OFP cage, it worked much better. Um, 
but you had other things going on. Like you were trying to do a body kit and that didn't work right. Yeah. And there body was kit, like, something else going properly. on. Um, the battery tray is just minuscule. You like can't fit a battery in it basically. Um, what else? Like it just, it wouldn't feed properly. And I like, I still don't know why. Cause like I, I wired it up correctly and all that good stuff. But it was just, it was a pain to deal with. Um, but it was, I think I ended up selling it. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. But yeah. it, it took forever to do. Um, sorry. Yeah. Ravens are, are a beast. I know Chase has done several. Um, and I, I've seen some that have been done, you know, very well. Um, but it's definitely got to be a labor of love. Cause oh, you, for sure. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Adam. Ha, ha, ha. He arrives. He arrives. He's here. I've been here for a little bit. You want, you, oh, okay. You want to jump in? Oh, boy. This is our this is our our regret cast. You know what? You can talk uh, about whatever you want. I'm not going to bring yeah, any no. specific blaster up. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Even though we give him quite a lot of no, bliss. No, we're not, no, 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 we're not going to do it. <laughs> Made the joke. Well, uh, I mean, Tom, I, I will be... I know. I'll be honest. Like I, there's not a ton of projects that I've undertaken and just not finished or been so close to finishing than the bliss project. Um, cause I'm, I'm trying to think of other stuff that I started and I just like, they just petered off. Like I've got Shira's wrath for flight core, but I'm still kind of working on that. So it could, it could be something that you did and you completed, but looking now, you're like, oh, I wish I had done it differently. Thinking, thinking. I mean, if 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 I had a lesser, I kind of wish I didn't print any blasters in uh, silk filament because I printed my Spring Thunder and um and my FDL three in silk, and I just look at them and I'm like, oh, I need to reprint them, and then I'm just like. Uh, I don't really feel it because they're both pretty in-depth builds and I just don't like I definitely don't feel like getting into a GDOP build like it's one thing to build a GDOP blaster but it's one thing to take that blaster apart and then build it again that's why I sold the Spring Thunder um, just because that and Harrison told me Spring Thunder was due for a major revamp this year so um, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to wait. It, it probably will be next year. Um, knowing Shellington timing, but, um, but I mean, yeah, if, if I had to pick like a big project, like, yeah, it was probably bliss, you know, for sure. Cause I got pretty close on it and I had something pretty great, but it just kind of petered off cause it was an intense amount of work. And the only reason why it was able to get as far as I was is cause I was working on the HMI like in the downtime at my job. I was just like half working on the code in the HMI in simulations at work. And then the other half was just like CAD at home. And then I also didn't have a flock of children. So now my my effort time is drastically limited. So whoops, sorry. Cat cat doing cat things. Um yeah, so but looking back, I mean, if I were to restart a project like that or do something similar, um, there's a lot more resources out there, right? It's like, well, instead of doing all that hullabaloo, like I'd probably buy a Narfduino or a Narfduino complete 
and then I'd set up serial communication to an HMI display, or maybe I'd mess with OLEDs again. I don't know. But basically, like, AirZone and a lot of existing code for a brushless, and especially any sort of fly shot closed loop stuff is, like, way, way, way better than what I was messing with a couple of years ago. Um, so that, and I'd use a neutron solenoid, then the whole blaster would get smaller, and da 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 But realistically, it's not a huge market share blaster unless I get somebody like Luke to pick it up, right? Because I'm not, I'm, I am refused to produce blasters for people. It's just way too much work, even though there's reasonable money in it. So that's that's the thing. <clears throat> Ta-da! Man, I wasn't even gonna make you go there. No, it's. I mean, it, it's true. Like it, it really is true. Um, but that being said. I think making Flycore was a lot more gratifying now than than Bliss because if I would have finished Bliss, there'd be like five blocky, somewhat janky blasters running on like normal China solenoids getting 12 DPS maybe. Meanwhile, Eli doesn't sleep and is going to mass produce momentum. Um, but I'll be honest, like there's, there's not a lot of, there's not really any production brushless blaster options. There's, right there now. still isn't, you know, it's like there's, there was probably 200 plus comments in the pew pew raffle to get the next five spots. And that's going to be like a $600 blaster. Uh, momentum was supposed to be here like Q4 last year, but, uh, that should be soon. Uh, SBF I'm on. Gavin's shortlist for US beta, but nobody's produced. Uh, Narftuino completes have been a thing for like a year, but they don't actually exist here really. So, yeah, they aren't a thing. So cherish your FDLs. Right. Sorry, that that was my my um my regrets <laughs> and a mini rant. Sorry. That wasn't a rant, it was a PSA. PSA. <laughs> Well, shall we move on to shout-outs then? Everybody went, right? Alex, Tom. Yeah, we all went. All right, I got the first shout-out. My shout-out goes to John, uh, a.k.a. Avatar, with too many A's. Um, I got my Secret Santa gift from him, and it is absolutely hilarious. It is... I I don't know what kind. I don't know if it's a... uh, uh, 4B or what, but some sort of air tank that has been shoved mercilessly into a hammer shot. Um, and it has uh, absolver attachments. What what I understand is the uh, silly uh, absolver thread attachment thing. So there's other versions out there, but he sent me two uh, 15 half dart absolvers. Um, Oh, Chase is thinking it's a Titan tank. That absolutely could be. Um, so uh, this I've only had a chance to fire it off a couple of times, um, but it is just absolutely amazing. He, he sent me two um, absolvers so I can, you know, load them up and take them, throw it in a dump pouch, and I got a couple of quick scatter shots for a couple of rounds. It's going to be great to, to field. I'll shout out Spy Mike. For helping spearhead this survival Pennsylvania event 
that sounds like it's gonna be pretty fun i guess brain is also doing it too so shout out to brain as well appreciate you guys for helping put up a pretty what's looking to be a pretty sizable event it'd be a good time i will shout out our z13 early birds for february uh because i have taken over the duties of treasure i guess we made up the role of treasurer just so tim wouldn't have to do everything oh and i very much um, appreciate it yeah no problem and so you know it was nice to get those early birds then without me having to yell at people to come pay and be able to like book the venue and all that so yay for our early birds um, we also had like like a full two months to do it because of when we did the december one and the february yeah. one like sometimes it's it's really only more like a month between when we're doing it based on when the you know, yeah when in the month but we were also fall. really good about picking a date like yeah. early yeah i think that helps people yeah. you know know that they can make it and plan for it so we'll be picking the april date shortly <laughs> yeah there's but a... yeah so thanks to our early birds they're awesome i'm looking forward to the c13 i think it'll be a good time yeah. i know it will be a good time yeah. adam you who you got for a shout out you you literally you no, be no. because yeah yeah uh, well because we i mean people everybody knows about the cards right yeah we talked yeah about we, yeah we talked about that oh, during recent projects in, in yeah depth. yeah the, the cards there were so many cards with so many pictures unique descriptions unique artwork on some of them that's a ton of work that you did basically but, you know all right i mean to be fair the artwork the borders that was all dan i mean i went over to his house one night and gave a little bit of input but he did all of the design work on the borders and i i won't lie i did, I did spend quite a bit of time scrounging for these pictures because like i was talking about I, you you really there's you can't pull screen caps out of the the people who are doing videos because the it's just blurry and too low resolution. I think I got maybe two or three good screen caps. Um, and I just, I scoured um, people's Facebook pages and events and, and some of them are not what I wanted them to be, but I had to settle like the BFC I was talking about is not what I wanted it to be, but uh, we'll reiterate. Well, thanks Dan too, but yeah. so much work went into that. And I'll be honest, I didn't really see the vision quite at first, but I think I do now. And I think when I see the cards in person, it'll be great. But it's it's one of those things that's in-depth and so unique um, for our club and the hobby that I don't think I'm ever going to see this again from another club. Well, right? Like a challenge coin is cool. But let's be honest, challenge coins are extremely simple to design. And and did you go to Athens with us? I did not. Okay, no. so you may not realize this. One of the things that put this idea in my head is one of the things in the dossiers from that Athens event that we went to were Pokemon cards of the moderators. Oh, that's cool. So, but I mean, there was only like five or six of them. Not um, like 60 or 100. Right. Uh, there's 72 unique cards right now, and there will be two new cards added each time, one of them being a mythic rare. So, Well, that's just Gen 1. Right. And yeah, like I've already started brainstorming ideas for Series 2 
Um, like instead of events, I'm thinking maybe we do the game types or something. Beautiful. You know, yeah. And then, and so, then just like magic goes through border upgrades. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, crack the whip on Dan and have him crank out three new borders. <laughs> you know, we did, yeah. we did magic, uh, esque borders for this one. So maybe we'll do Yu-Gi-Oh style ones next time and Pokemon for series three and Highlander card game for series four. And, uh, I don't know. We could make a set that's just straight up playing cards. We totally could. Totally yeah. could. That's an easy 52 cards. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We could do a Trouble in Terrorist Town theme uh, uh, set. Yeah. So people can use it to play TTT. Infection in the Survivor Colony. <laughs> yeah, there, there's ways we could go. But let's get past Series 1 first. But thank you. I, I, I'm, yep. I'm hoping that they go over as well as my enthusiasm for putting it together is yeah and and it's like you know it's so easy to just be like oh you know for a shout out to you know my mom or the you know some random designer that's making a blaster that you're not going to buy um but you know i think this is this is something legitimately cool and not really done to the extent that we have seen you know that and i probably shouted out all the freaking designers i care to shout out over the last year N- there's not a lot of new designers that have like really really popped up yeah no, i hear you anyways uh i guess that's it so we will uh catch you guys on the next episode uh thank you so much to our patreons i know that um we haven't really recorded since uh honestly we haven't actually recorded since last year um we had some content sitting in the coffers that uh, got put out after but uh, uh, thanks for hanging in there um, while we had a little bit of uh, recoup and hiatus from the holidays and and whatnot but uh, we've got some stuff kind of in the works in plan and and hopefully we'll have some uh, some cool content for you guys uh, uh, churning out here at a more regular pace again so catch you guys on the next episode Bye. Is it just my responsibility? We're all equal hosts here. I thought that was in the contract. Tim must announce when we're recording. Did you guys not assign a contract? No, uh, we just we just made you do it. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs>